Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 66 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with the crew, a small crew today. Listen, Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Tyler, Johnny, what it do, guys? How's it going? What it do, what it do. Johnny Boy, Johnny Tess, talk to me, man. Introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping back in again, baby. Just Johnny. All right. And this is Just Basketball. We're diving straight in from the continuation of the two-part NBA draft series that we are doing that was held last week. Uh, we did the Western Conference that will be uploaded and the Eastern Conference uploaded in the same day. It'll be a double whammy, uh, a little gift for you guys for being so patient with us, even though we were a little bit behind. A lot of us have a lot of things and different activities outside this podcast, but we tried our best to give y'all the best content and we really enjoy recording. So we're going to dive deep and straight into it. It's the Eastern Conference. We're diving into the Atlantic. We're doing division by division. And the first team that pops up is the Boston Celtics, the runner up in the NBA Finals. And their draft selection, uh, I- I'm going to be honest with you. Let me start off with the bet. Uh, I- I'm not high on JD Davidson. Uh, but I will say because of the college he went to, it played a part. Uh, Javon Quinley was starting there. Uh, who was the other guy from um, uh, the, the backcourt in Alabama? Kyrie? Uh, Jada Shackleford. So I'm I, I'm giving J.D. Davidson a little bit of slack because, to me, he probably didn't get the opportunities he would have gotten had he went to a team where he would have been a surefire starter. But I, I'm going to give the Boston Celtics selection, me personally, a C-plus. I mean, J.D. Davidson, to me, looked like he should have came back to college uh, and probably should have transferred. Maybe Alabama wouldn't have been a nice spot for him to go to. But that's just my thoughts. Kyrie, I'm going to swing it to you. Just give me your thoughts. The Boston Celtics. I mean, it's, it's crazy seeing J.D. go here at number 53, considering at the beginning of the season, he, I don't know you guys remember, he was considered like a lottery type of talent. You sure? At high school, at high school you, you, couldn't really, you couldn't really disagree. I mean, he, he gave a lot. And this is just, it's not just the Alabama connection. I mean, he gave a lot of shades of, uh, Colin Sexton to me, just of how explosive he was, how low to the ground, and just how he was able to get that quick step and get by you and just elevate to the rim. Really reminds me a lot of him. I thought he was going to be a good prospect coming in. But yeah, like you mentioned, Colin, he played with two other guards that really handled the ball a lot. Jaden Shackleford, who's more of a scorer, and, uh, Javon Quinterly, who's more of the playmaker with the, with the crappy ball handling. And um, but I, I feel as though as a freshman, JD kind of fit well between them. I mean, he put up eight points, five boards, four dimes. He didn't shoot that well, but he played his role well as that kind of like that third guard, that third, uh, uh, I guess, offense initiator. Then he played well on the defensive end too. He was good in the passing lanes. He he did a good job of reading screens. Uh, I feel like at number fifty three here, there wasn't really much else you can do. So I do like the pick by the Celtics, considering they needed a point guard, especially one with some athleticism. I just think his playmaking does need his playmaking needs to catch up with his scoring ability and his athleticism because to those four assists he averaged uh, per game last season he averaged almost three turnovers so he's definitely got to clean it up if he if he's going to be uh, a point guard that Boston relies on uh, I know for the backup role right now they have Peyton Pritchard who's a little headier he has some moments in the, in the finals and in the playoffs as well so it might be tough to crack that rotation starting off but overall I like that I like that pick by the Celtics I give it a B. All right, okay. Uh, you're giving him a B. I'm rocking with a C plus. Johnny, talk to me. What's your thoughts on JD? Um, yeah, um, I pretty much you guys. Yeah, I pretty much had it right where you guys have it, but I'm gonna give it a B as well. 
only because of the situation, the pick that the Celtics had. Um, you know, about what eight and a half points, about maybe five rebounds for the, exactly right on the mark. And my thing for him is, um, he's six foot three, so that's like for the guard size, not as tire towering. But this kid, fellas, this kid gets up, and y'all might have made a real point. His explosiveness has really what might have been his strongest selling part. I think he had a poster in Auburn like earlier this year that is like you could still look that up and find that. Like the kid, it is more impressive because he's like six foot three. But I mean, for the Celtics roster, I see him serving as an automatic playmaker. Um, but there are like a lot of question marks about his game. Number one for me was his turnovers, like two point nine turnovers and his free throw percentage, seventy two percent for a guard. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of significant things to work on. But the thing, I think he's all right. As far as with Boston, no pressure here. Peyton Pritchard and Marcus Smart shooting higher three-point percentages than this kid. And I, and I, what, I forgot the division he came from. With um, isn't that a? I think I heard it's like a, a it's like a a three like a three-point heavy type of uh, type of division. And for him not to excel in that, for I mean, it's kind of weird. But I, I would give it a B just based off of the Celtics and what they had in this position. And they didn't have much to work with here. All right. Well, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm going to say this about J.D. Davidson. I feel like, you know, uh, he was kind of – he didn't have the, the starting role that, you know, I feel like does he have the talent? I believe he he's talented. He just had a bad freshman year. And, you know, he should have came back in my opinion. Uh, well, I, I want to say it was bad. I, I want to say it was bad. I, I mean, I think it was solid. Like I said, as a first well, I mean, input to a three-guard line, we, we put up solid numbers. Was it really that solid if he slipped all the way down to the 53rd pick? I mean, let's really be honest. There were some guys who I thought, in, in my opinion, I had him slipping. I didn't have him as a first-rounder, but I thought he'd be selected within the first eight picks in the second round. He slid all the way like five picks before. Remember, there wasn't even 60 picks. It was only 58. Right. He literally right. only went on yeah. It's those turnovers, bro. Those As a exactly. guard, you have to protect yeah. the basketball. That's so unattractive. And he's not a phenomenal mm-hmm. passer either. So he's like at least not average, but you know. So do, do you think that was more more so of his uh, what he, he probably showed in workouts or or uh, I don't even think he went to the combine. I he can't remember he, what the he, he skipped all the five on five. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he definitely was about that. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. Because, because, like, before <laughs> that, because before that, when the season ended, he was still he was still projected to go late first round, early second. But his draft spot was you saw a sliding throughout the season, and it was he had a couple of showing. Right. In a couple of games, but it was just mad, wildly inconsistent. And at the same time, you're drafting a guy who's not really a great passer. He's kind of undersized to play the two. Uh, and he didn't shoot the ball that well. And he's turnover prone. So you look at it and you say, well, what does he excel at then? And yes, the physical attributes, the speed, the athleticism, that's nice, but he's just so raw, so and he has nothing to go to combine with that as compared to Shaden Sharp. And it's a bad example, excuse me, but he has – it is a bad example, but you know what you're getting with Shaden Sharp, even though he has a player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. it's more like it's it more like a draft stash player. But you know what Shaden Sharp excels at. You know his natural ability. Yep. You know what he can do, right? So that's just, you know, like I okay. said, Celtics could probably Fair work. Point. 
So we're going to slide over to the Sixers, my Sixers. We originally had the 23rd pick, but we traded uh, to Memphis for De'Anthony Melton. Uh, now, so this is my thoughts on De'Anthony Melton. Uh, he is a good role player. He was a good role player for the Grizzlies. Uh, he's a defensive guard, you know, and he should be able to cover for Harden, who's not that great at the defensive end. Uh, seeing how his role will probably increase since he's in Philadelphia, uh, the bench is, I mean, Corey Mons, Shea Milton, and Matisse. Matisse is still a wait and see at this point. This looks like the Sixers are trying to trade him uh, to get something out of it. I just hope we get someone that can at least give the defense of him but with offense as well, so we don't have another Andre Robeson on the team. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, there's nothing to really grade here. They traded it during the 23rd pick. What do you think about the trading for De'Anthony Melton, Kyrie? Talk to me. I personally like it. I'm a, I'm a De'Anthony Melton fan. Um, he plays hard. He, he makes smart plays. Um, he, he's tough on the defensive end. And I, I just feel like he's that perfect kind of plug-in piece. That's not necessarily a star, but he's not – and end of the bench type guy either. He's the guy that you can throw in with multiple different uh, different types of lineups, and he'll just fit in. I think that was I think that was a good move because he has some experience under his belt. And like I mentioned, he can defend, and he's also a pretty good three point shooter. He's shown over these past few seasons. So I, I like the uh, I like the pickup for you guys. No, I really do. I think he improves our bench. We just got to improve upon that bench a little bit more. Johnny, talk to me. What's your thoughts on uh, the Sixers training the first round pick to get the Anthony Melton? Um. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm fond of it. I'm very, very fond of it. This is a very interesting player. Um, after doing my research, man, De'Anthony Melton, I think he's, I didn't know he was this underrated. Um, he actually gave the Bucks like 26 points back in a game in March, um, off the bench. And I believe he can start or be off the bench for the, for the 76ers. And, um, I mean, look, he just turned 24. So, I mean, he's still, I don't even know if he, maybe he's just now coming into his prom. What, uh, uh, about he's four and a half boards last year, he's three dimes, but a still and a half, 40% from the field, 37% from three. I think he can, yeah, I can think he can really contribute. Um, and the Sixers trading that, um, I, I just think that was a good move. Um, he's a little small, a little small for me. Um, what is he, six, three guys? Is he at, is he at that? Think about six two, six three, yeah. Six two, six three, but he's scrappy for that size. Very, very scrappy. Um, and he, he's a he's and he's a semi he's a pretty efficient shooter, um. So yeah, I I, I I'm not gonna say I, I'm very fond of it. Um, I see it as more offensive firepower off the bench if the Sixers can make another addition. But I think he can start if called upon in that role. So I like it. You know what I also think, guys? I think this is kind of a push forward to kind of rearrange the Sixers' identity and give them more of a of a dog type a dog type of roar when you go up to play them because at least when I watch the Sixers they don't really give off that 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 same type of energy that a team like the Memphis Grizzlies do as far mm-hmm. as having that as competitively and everybody out there is yeah. getting 100% at all times that blue collar identity yes sir exactly and that's what DeAnthony Mountain brings and you guys are also talking about bringing in PJ Tucker those are two dogs that are willing to defend They'll defend anybody. They'll switch or they'll switch, and they they're, they're tough. I mean, I, I think that's a I think that's definitely a, another key factor when it comes in when it goes into uh, the Sixers kind of rearranging themselves this offseason, getting that dog mentality and being a team that te- that other teams kind of fear or have some uh, have some intimidation factor into it. 
D'Anthony, 6-2, scrappy guard. I, I like him a lot. I think he improves our bench. Uh, he's a capable shooter, shoots from 36% from the three. Could be a little bit higher. Hopefully he works on that coming into the season. But uh, I, I actually do like this. I, I don't got a problem with them training the 23rd pick. They, they drafted who? I think Roddy, David Roddy. Uh, uh, yeah, David Roddy out of like Colorado yeah. State, I believe. Right. right. So, Solid mm-hmm. pickup, by the way. Yeah, the Grizzlies could work with that. We're going to work with uh, a guy with D'Anthony Nelson. So we're, we're going to stick with that. So we're moving on to Philly. We go to Canada. We're hanging out with Drake. The Drake, watching the draft. <laughs> and we're watching the rap get Christian Coloco from Arizona. I actually like this pick for Toronto. This feels like a Toronto pick. Um, Listen to me. His offense is really limited, though. He only scored 2.3 points per game. As a freshman to 5.3 as a sophomore, and then he finally averaged 12.3 as a junior. So you see the improvement offensively. Uh, nothing extremely impressive, but you see the progress. Doesn't seem like the work ethic is going to be an issue. Shot there's 73.5% from the free throw line. So, you know, that gives you something to work with because his jump shot's not that horrible, but you, you can work with it. Uh, I think this is going to benefit Toronto. Maybe he's going to be in the G League a lot more rather than playing in the NBA because the, the Raptors do have a pretty solid roster. To remind you, they was like the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, I think. They were the sixth seed or fifth seed? I think they were the uh, sixth seed. Or am I wrong? Yep, they were the sixth. Yeah, they were the sixth seed. I right, think it was they were the, the sixth. Were the third. Yep, and we oh, they were the fifth. They were the fifth. The sixth was the fourth. Okay, I got it. Oh, always Chicago. Ah. Chicago was the sixth. Got it. So I think uh, he's not coming into that organization with a lot of pressure on him to really be something crazy. Because I remember he's a second-round pick, 33rd, but you can also get some great value from that guy. So uh, I'm going to give this pick a B. I'm giving it a B. Kyrie, talk to me. Yeah, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said, Kyle. I like Christian Coloco. He's mobile. He's tall, seven foot, uh, seven feet tall, seven foot five wingspan. Can block shots, and he's active around the rim on both ends of the floor. And uh, it's for him to even make that jump as a scorer, like you mentioned, from five points to 12 points a game next to a, one of the best perimeter scorers in all college basketball, a guy we'll get to later, Benedict Matherin. It's like you say, Colin, it shows the hard work he's put in. It shows just his activity out there because he's getting buckets without even really getting the ball. Because like you mentioned, he, his, post, his, his scoring is limited. He doesn't really have a post game. His footwork isn't there all the way. And uh, his touch isn't really all the, all the way there anyway. He, this guy's a straight-up rim runner. And uh, I think he does fit in with Toronto, a team that's uh, that hangs their hat on defense. They have a lot of a lot more rim runners on that squad, like uh, Chris Boucher and uh, Ken Burch, uh, pressure the Chihuahua. So I think he's going to fit right in. I think he'll get some reps in the G League too, just to kind of get used to the NBA uh, level of physicality. And uh, I think he'll be a, a nice pick down the line for Toronto. If not for them, for another team, I'll give the pick a uh, I'll give the pick a B. A P R B B. Okay, talk to me, uh, JJ. What is it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I give him a B as well. Um, I think that's a, I think the Toronto just basically, uh, tried to just fix their weakness. Um, just interior, interior, interior. And this kid, about what, 2.8 blocks, almost three blocks a game. Um, for the wild kid, that, that, that's, yeah, that, that's very impressive. But, um, I, he's, he's not a, not a finished product. Um, the Raptors are hoping that they got their big men in the future. But um, his skill set, uh, it could definitely benefit the Raptors. But yeah, he 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 got he's got to develop his three a little bit. But you know, he didn't he didn't attempt like any threes or anything like that in Arizona. 
but in today's NBA, I, you know, I don't know. He's, he'll probably get acclimated to that and start working on that offensively a couple, along with a few other things, but he's definitely raw. But, um, I, I like it, man. Just like you said, just what, 13 points a game without even barely getting the ball, about seven boards along with those three blocks. And that's just like, you know, what I mean, him creating just basically hustle points, but I got him definitely playing minutes, um, immediately as well. Um, I'm actually surprised that I, a couple people had him like as first round potential, but yeah, he fell to the second. Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely give it a B for Toronto. They definitely went for the weakness here. All right. So B, B and B, big baller brand, huh? That's us. Triple B's. <laughs> All right. But well, we going to swing it over to Brooklyn. Brooklyn didn't have any draft picks. Uh, Kyrie did say he was going to resign with the team. So I guess that gives them some type of structure, uh, moving forward. So the Guess the Brooklyn Nets big three as of now at the time of this recording will be Ben, KD, and Kyrie. Uh, what's you guys thoughts on that? Solid three, three man team or it, it ain't it? I mean, for one, I called it. I had I had a feeling he was going to go back. And guys, there was no way in hell he was going to go to LA and play yeah, for six million dollars while Russell Westbrook is making forty plus million dollars. Yeah. Hitting the side of the backboard every other night. I, I just can't. It's not I, happening. I can't see that. I can't even. <laughs> it's not it, it wasn't going to happen. Like I couldn't even see that plan. Like I might have to try a social experiment on two K, see how that would work. But honestly, I, I just uh, don't yeah, his, his morale is going to be all the way down. He's going to demand a trade two games, huh? So <laughs> he yeah. did two games, then? <laughs> yeah, bro. I, nah, I, 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 I had a feeling he was going back to Brooklyn all along. Mm-hmm. I think he was just blowing smoke. And I think he really just – another thing that threw me off was the fact that he put the, on his teams that he wanted to get traded to, he put the Sixers on there. Woo! <laughs> now, this is really – See, literally – All right, so I'm a Sixers fan as well. i got to say that. I don't and want – like, Don't bring us in that mess. It's the whole Harden thing. Like, it, 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 didn't you run Harden out of town? You want to run him out of Philly too? Yeah, hard, yeah, yeah, bro. I was thinking that he got away. He wanted to get away from you, bro. Like, Sage in the locker room. I think he was Sage smell in the locker room again. You know, but, but listen, though. If, <laughs> we, if it really had to come down, like, let's say before the whole scenario between Harden and Kyrie went down, if I really had to choose, I would have gone with Kyrie just because he keeps his body in shape. He does a lot of meditation, yoga, all that. Like, he takes care of his body. It's the nonsensical other stuff, which you just got to be like, is Kyrie worth it because of his talent and skill and what he can do? Yes, absolutely. But we can't waste Joel. Like, we already wasted a good three years, man. Joel's 27. Like, we we, we got to try and get them to at least before 31. At least. Look, uh, I'll, I'll say this about the Nets, though, before, before we uh, wander too, uh, uh, too far off. I think they're going to be somewhat more successful than what they were this season. But the level of drama that they experienced this season as well is, is going to be the same, if not higher, I feel like. And I can't really pinpoint exactly why. It's just a feeling that I have. Because okay. you still have Ben Simmons there. You have Kevin Durant there, who, who of course, is yeah, one of the greatest players of all time, is always going to be in the, in the headlines. Mr. So- Kyrie Irving, we, we, who knows? He might find another reason to sit out 50 or 60 games next season. We don't know. Well, I mean, the vaccine is it? I think it's it lifted that. Great. Did they? Did they? Li- they lifted that inside 
New York. Like the man. Yeah, I'm sure they did, but you, you, Kyrie, he, he can find another reason, Colin. You know we can. Yeah. Uh, oof, you know I mean, this. He can find I, another reason. I don't want to slander Kyrie because I like Kyrie a lot. So we're just he's going to have a chip this year. He's going to have a chip this year for sure. A, a chip, chip on his shoulder. Oh, on his shoulder. Oh, okay. on his shoulder. I know you wasn't talking about championship. Oof. Nah, he's going to have a chip right. on his shoulder. Let, let's go. <laughs> let's slide it over now. Woof. We don't go too far, Kyrie. We we go right inside your territory, man. We still in New York with it. Yes, sir. What's going yes, on, sir. man? I mean, listen. I ain't <laughs> going to say too much. You break it down for me, man. You break it all down for me. So, for the people that weren't watching the draft, the New York Knicks, again, for the second year in a row, traded their first-round pick. This time, it wasn't down. It was completely out of the first round. I, the, the deal itself was complicated. How, somehow, we, we traded the 11th pick, who was Usman Jang, to the, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then we end up trading Kemba Walker and uh, I feel like it was somebody else or some cast or something like that to the Detroit Pistons. At least you got with Nerlens Noel. You traded Nerlens Noel as well. That was today, though. That was today. Nerlens Noel oh, did that was over, over and over there, uh, but that was today. But, yeah, a, a whole bunch of these moves, that's the clear cat. And I'll say this. When, when the Knicks were coming down to number 11, the guy that I wanted was Jalen Duran. Obviously, yeah. we didn't get him. We didn't yeah. get him, but we, but we did. And come to find out, we did get him. Only to trade him to Detroit. They traded him. The Knicks. <laughs> so it's just like, wow. Like, like, I, what an bro? What an organization. And this is all. And and I'll get to the. I, I'll get to our second round pick, Trevor Kills, in a minute. I just got. I just got to explain oh, how I really feel I, about he, the direction the Knicks are going he, into right now. Let me just interject and say this. He should have gone back to college as well. Don't see him doing nothing for you guys, but keep going. We can talk about that. But <laughs> we're, we're doing all this for a guy, Jalen Brunson, who I can't knock whatsoever. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Brunson ever since he was at Villanova. He was just, he's always been fun to watch. And he's smooth, lefty, undersized point guard, not super athletic, but gets the job done. He got, he, he got the Dallas Mavericks about 16 points and five dimes this year. Shot very efficiently, mind you. Very, a very, very good player. But the Knicks like want to make him a hundred. The Knicks want to make him a hundred million, a hundred ten million dollar player. When me personally, I feel like a lot of other people around the league personally, I feel like they see Jalen Brunson maybe as like an eighty to ninety million dollar player, and I feel like that's what he is. But being the Knicks, being how desperate we are, we're making all this, all these moves, and and all this. All this commotion for a guy that we're going to overpay when it, when it all boils down because we're desperate. And it's just like, I, I don't see, and, and, and don't, don't even, don't even get me started on the whole DeJounte debacle. We'll, we'll get on that later, Colin, when we talk Atlanta. But yeah, bro, that's just how I felt. That's just how I felt about the Knicks. They, again, they traded their first, they traded their first round pick. Pretty much just move the clear cash base. We did get some future first round picks as well, but um, of course those come with conditions and stuff like that. I think we have something like eleven over the next eight years, but of course I feel like those are going to be used to make moves. Just, but being the Knicks, I just don't trust the moves and playing on making with those picks. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm not a happy camper whatsoever. Wait, okay, John. For I swing it to you, John. So this is my thing. Hold on, hold on. I, I was going to touch on Trevor Kills real quick too, right, uh, real quick that I they just swing my fault. But um, I think that I think that was what number forty two. <laughs> I think that was what number forty two. We got uh, Trevor Kills. Trevor. Um, 
was a big big fan of Trevor. He was coming out of uh, high school as well. Great shooter. He could, uh length. He's got the he's got the the body of a running back. And I just feel like he's a really really unique player. He kind of fell into the shuffle at Duke. I felt like, in my opinion, I think if he went to a smaller not a smaller program, but a program where he's maybe a second option, like a certified second option, I think he could have flourished more. Um, let me get his numbers for you guys. He put up about eleven points, three rebounds, just under three assists, and over a steal a game. His shooting wasn't as good as advertised. Shot um a little over thirty one percent from three. And um, he he's got some weaknesses to this game, but he's also got some some things to be happy about. He projected to be a really good, a really solid, I should say, three and D player with good length and um just the physicality to be able to get downhill and, and make contact and still finish at the rim. I think Trevor Kills can be really good, but it's just the simple fact that we didn't get a first round pick to accompany him, knowing that we need depth is kind of why I'm just down on our draft as a whole. So I got to give the Knicks a C plus. You guys got the play. So look, let me ask you though, Kyrie. So, so this is my thing. I feel like you guys really shouldn't get Jalen Brunson in my opinion. But at the same time, if you look at the point guards you guys have, and I would say, listen, do you guys even want to keep Julius Randle? I, I would have at this point just trade him. And flat out going to full rebuilding that's again. A, that's a whole. That's a whole another. That's a whole another discussion. That's a whole another situation. Okay, but I, I don't think we're going to get rectified. It's because at this point you traded Kemba. D Rose might get traded. I feel like you guys intended to trade him. I don't know the situation. You traded Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel. They're exactly. talking about trading Fournier. I mean, Fournier get paid seventy mil. You you guys are going to full rebuild mode. So I'm like, listen, I'm not surprised that Julius Randle gets traded. Let IQ play the point. Have Cam at the three. Put RJ at the two. They're talking about trading Cam too. Cam Reddish is about to get out of here. Oh, I would actually prefer you guys kept him. Yeah, I, me too. Make the GM. Yeah, you better keep Cam. That's a if you guys like take Cam, Cam though, it's kind of like, I, like what are you like? What's going on now? But I I would love to take him off your hands. I feel like he will definitely improve our bench. Yeah, yeah, please, then you keep Cam because uh, uh, RJ gonna start looking for another home. Y'all give it to Cam. No, but Julius, I feel like RJ's, RJ's got to get paid too. That's something else. Yeah, because his time's so, coming RJ's up. I was about to, the boys right up. There you go. I was about to say that. Huh? His time's coming too. All right, but let's swing it to you, Johnny. Give me your thoughts on the Knicks dress. I mean, well, yeah, yes, yeah, I, I know. Trevor kills was the dress selection, but <laughs> well, the the basically the whole entire Knicks. Night, interesting night, interesting night. I had I, I had to read it over three different times, my notes, and just to understand the 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 scientifics of it. And it's it's still, I still kind of question it. Um, it was very so. It I, I'm, uh, the three picks that you guys um had in, involved in this trade. It was like um I think they 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 originally belonged to Denver, Detroit, and the Washington Wizards. Um, but so the the thing about those three picks, um, I understand that they, ah, uh, I think each one of those three picks, they only go, they, they only has protection on them that goes at least through the lottery, which means basically if you, they, these teams have to make the playoffs for those picks to deliver. And I only see Denver doing it out, out these three teams. So I only see maybe one of those picks really paying off. To fruition, maybe you guys are shooting for a future potential lottery blockbuster trade with these picks. Um, I didn't understand the science of it personally, 
it was very interesting though, but you guys, it's like the Knicks, they're definitely like, they're pushing for next year, but it was, that was an interesting way of how they did it. Now, the Jalen Duran trade, that, that, that blew my mind because my thing is, you, uh, the Knicks have Mitchell Robinson coming back, likely. Yeah, he's most likely going to come back. And so adding Jalen Duran didn't seem like the best, like, use for the pick, but not just for the pick, but even trade value. So let's just, so if you were, let's just say, like, I'm thinking hypothetically, right? Let's just say they were going to keep that pick of whoever they drafted. I think they, if they were, I think they could have did better than Jalen Duran, even if it's, if it was going to be for trade bait. I think who was available? Um, AJ Griffin and Malachi Brandom, Brandom at that point were available. And you could have, you could have picked those guys and had better trade value as far as I'm, if I'm talking in New York, you know, like, so I, that, hey, that, that I, I would, I would have been, I was, I was fine with getting Usman Jay. Yeah, hey, I, cool I, I, I actually liked it. Me too. I, was cool I think with the second. You guys should have just drafted. If you guys are going to trade Cam, you should have just drafted Tata and kept him, man. Yeah. He yeah. would have flourished. No. Yeah. Like, got quickly, what do we need to yeah. And as far as the. Um, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It's okay. Well, yeah. If you guys are trading Cam, put RJ at the three, put IQ at the two, let my man Tata run point. Or you can put IQ at the one and let Top Ty run the two. I prefer Top Ty at the one though. Uh, I like Tom I wasn't Tom. taking him at eleven though, but my my bad, Johnny. I didn't mean to cut you up. No, you good. No, this is I like actually like I like Top Ty all ball, Colin, uh for IQ at the running the point. That's Talk actually a good interesting Talk that's to actually you, interesting dude. But um, going. yeah, but I mean, you know, better trade bait. Yeah, I mean, like even shoot, but um, as far as Trevor kills, um. Coming out of Duke, eleven and a half points, about four, almost four boards. Uh, he shot about forty-two percent from the field. Uh, he's a two-way player. Um, that impact could, could allow him to like you know play for the Knicks a little bit early. But I I think that I think he he'll be stifled personally by the coach. Uh, Thibs isn't known for playing second-round picks. I mean, uh, players. I'm sorry, like second-round uh yeah players that come out. He's he's just not known for that. He likes to go with you know the the higher young more young players with the more projected center. I think he'll get stifled by the coach, unfortunately. Um I, I don't um unless he just shows that he belongs on the floor, which I does I think he does do to an extent, but I don't know how I don't know how he'll definitely get playing time considering the Knicks is trading away all the like serviceable players. Yeah. So this will be his year to show hey you can hey, have a couple of games, drop a couple twenty point, twenty five point games, you know, he can have a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. Next year, there's not no one on the roster he's got to compete for because it looks like the, the Knicks are going to full rebuild. So, oh, there you go. All right. Well, with that being said, we swing over to the next division, the Eastern Conference. Just finished the landing. We're going to the Central Division. We're talking with the Milwaukee Bucks. So their draft selection to me was pretty interesting. Uh, Marjan Bootcamp from G League at night. He was the best, the most impressive defensive player on the G League in 19. Really strong athlete, seven foot wingspan. Offensively, he's kind of really raw. Not kind of, it is raw. Uh, he's going to develop in a couple. Don't expect the guy to come in and do anything. Give him at least two, three seasons. Probably bounce around the G League back and forth. Then they pick up Hugo with the final pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He could probably make make his way, or he could just be another after forgotten, like the other Mister Irrelevant picks. But uh, just give me your thoughts on that, Kyrie. On uh, what's your thoughts on the um, on the Bucks picks? Man, 
Marjan Buchan was one of my is one of my favorite players coming out of this draft. And seeing him knowing his story and seeing him get drafted and just seeing that moment where he broke down and he just almost couldn't believe it himself. I, I couldn't help but I couldn't help but smile. I couldn't help but be so happy for him as if he was a family member of my own. Because I seen Marjan come out of high school in the Seattle area where uh he, he was a really good basketball player and he, he showed off a lot of athleticism. Uh, great defense and, and a nice shooting stroke at the high school level, but he chose a different route and didn't decide to go to college straight up. He went to tra- to a training program called Chameleon BX, where he just really worked on uh, refining his tools and just, I guess, preparing himself physically and, and, and skill wise and mentally for the NBA. And then he he ended up playing, I think, basketball at a JUCO JUCO level basketball, and then actually going through a point where he he thought about giving up the game. And um through it all, he got with G League Ignite. He showed he showed off what he could do. He put up fifteen points, seven rebounds on almost sixty percent shooting from the field, guys, as a shooting guard. And um almost two steals a game. And like you said, Colin, he's one of the most impactful players on that G League Ignite squad. If I if I remember correctly, during the all star break, um that rising skill that the rising stars challenge or uh whatever with the with the young guys, they had a few G League players and I'm pretty sure Marjan was part of that. And that just goes to show how, like, like I said, he's one of the best. He's one of the best players out of that out of that uh, little program this year. And man, him going to the Bucks, I'm really happy for him. I don't think he's going to get a lot of playing time starting out just because the uh, the Bucks are so stacked and are, are so set in what they have already rotation wise. They don't really have a lot of time for the young guys, but I think he'll develop in the G League some more. And I think sometime down the line, he could be that Swiss Army knife three and D type of guy with with superb athleticism. They could play off the ball and um, make plays happen on defense on uh, and transition to the offensive end. I really, I really love this pick right here. I'd, I'd give uh, Milwaukee a simply because this is their only pick since the other one got forfeited and was late in the first round. I definitely think this is a steal. So you think it's a steal? I'm gonna give him a B. Uh, I just feel like you know, I, I just want to see what he could do. You know, we'll see in the summer league. Preseason, I mean training camp, preseason. You know, well, I'm gonna definitely be following him just because I like the Bucks, I like the Greek Freak. Johnny, talk to me. What you think about uh, the draft selection by the Bucks, Marjan Um Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely give him a, a B for that. Excellent take on him. I'm also a personal fan of this kid. I, I heard about his JUCO story. Um, shout out uh, just JUCO, just the JUCO program in general. Shout, I want to shout that out. Um, they really give these guys who don't make it right away, uh, still a chance. And um, and if you put the work in and if you're committed and dedicated, they have excellent, excellent coaching staff, excellent, dedicated coaches. And that in these JUCO programs all across the world and all across America, and it just really gives guys like Marshawn the chance for mom- to, to reach moments like these. But excellent take, bro. Like six foot six wing, he can soar. Um, he do he do most of his scoring from inside the paint. Um not one of his strengths as a shooter, but no, I like his motor, man. This this kid, he 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 gets up and down the floor. He'll be most useful on defense. I like him. Um, the, I call this like a I call him and this this other kid Hugo Bisson from France. Uh, Milwaukee, they just kicked in some cash to the paces for this kid. But low key, he's a bucket getter, fellas. Twenty five games, he used to play for the uh, New Zealand Breakers. He averaged about fourteen points, about four boards per game, but he shot thirty eight percent from the field. And about uh, about thirty one, thirty two percent from deep, so he's he's he can handle and shoot the ball. He's got some creativity when it comes to finishing. So him and Marjan, I call these drafting staff, drafting stash players, 
they'll just mold these guys and groom them for the future. But I like what the Bucks did here. Definitely a B. Well, I'm definitely not listening to me. I like the Bucks selection. I'm definitely giving it a B. I feel like the Bucks definitely have what it takes to make it back to the finals. We'll see what they do with free agent wise, but I feel like they're gonna pick up some nice pieces to definitely help out the Greek freak in terms of that. But we slide over to the Chicago Bulls, Windy City. It seems like Zach Levine is, you know, wants to return to the Bulls as of now. And that's pretty good. But I, I really like their draft selection, Kyrie and Johnny. I mean, Dale and Terry, I followed him since he was in high school. Yeah, he was a five, I think he was a four star prospect. I think he got into the five stars maybe in the late, uh, recruitment cycle. And I feel like to me, listen, six, seven, seven, one wingspan, just a steady offensive guy, knows how to run the point, a glue guy. He can handle the ball, make good reads, cuss off the ball. To me, he he reminds me of Lonzo when he first came into the league. Not really strong offensively, but he just knew how to run the team. Obviously, Lonzo's more talented, but he gives me another Lonzo ball type vibe. And when they draft someone like Dylan Terry, which I think is going to thrive in the Bulls culture and in the NBA, it kind of feels like Kobe White is on his way out. I mean, it's talk to me, Kay. Like, what you think? Yo, I definitely got to agree with you, Colin. I love this pick too. I, I think he's one. I think Dale Terry is definitely one of the steals of the draft as well. I mean, you talk about being a point guard at six seven. I think he, I think his wingspan is north of seven feet, and he's the kid that can handle the ball. And like you said, he's the ultimate glue guy. He's not a big scorer, but at the same time, he can shoot the three. He can shoot the three at a distant uh, at a decent clip, shooting at thirty six percent this past season. Um, he likes to get guys involved. When you watch Dale Terry play. Me, at least, I think to myself, I think to myself, man, he would be so fun to play with just because he can make no-look passes. He can hit the cutters. He can throw lobs. He can throw full-court passes. He can throw passes at full speed and transition. And he just always seems to know to put the ball in the right spot at the right time for his guys to get buckets, which is, again, a big contributor to Benedict Matherin, who uh, one of the best scorers in college basketball this season. Christian Coloco, he's one of the big – Dale Terry one of the big reasons that Christian Coloco's big jump as a scorer. Or, uh, or I should say his, his point per game, I should say. And, um, yeah, coming into a, a bull squad where, you, like, like you said, Colin, uh, Kobe White looks like he's on his way out. They're concerned about Lonzo Ball and his injury, too. Uh, this, the knee injury he suffered in the middle of last season. They don't, they don't know what's really going on with him or, or really have a timetable for his get back. So – I think there's going to be minutes uh, immediately available for Dalen Terry. Again, a six, seven point guard that can defend, that can get out in transition, that can shoot the spot up jumper. I'll say it right now, guys. He's the bones highlight of this draft. And I think the Bulls got the one right here. I give it an A. I de- listen, uh, I feel like you, you can slide Terry to the two. So, cause I like the kid IO, homegrown Chicago. I don't want him to get, you know, anything taken oh, away from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, like, right there, bro. He's another great pick. The, the Bulls have been nailing at the past three drafts. They, they've been on the game, man. Shout out to the scouts from the Bulls. They're doing what they're supposed to. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, that, was, that was Patrick Williams two, two years Patrick ago. Patrick Williams, years ago, wasn't it? Pat Will, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. Listen, they've been killing at the past three drafts. Johnny, talk to me. What do you think about the Bulls draft selection this year? Another hit, guys. I give him an A. Um, this kid was 
interesting to me. Very interesting kid to study up on, man. Um, so, uh, Shotel surprised a few people. Like you said, it was still in the draft, dude. Um, he, he was he was he was projected to slip further a little bit. Um, I think that probably might have been because <laughs> of Benedict Matherin, who he played with. Might have overshadowed him. A no, bit, he but. he killed the workouts too. He killed the yeah. combine, killed the workouts. Okay, yeah, and I think that's probably okay. That's probably where that's probably where this 18th. That's probably why he went 18th. Okay, good. Because I was I'm, I was hoping he would he didn't go overshadowed in there, but because like you said, no, bro, this kid is six seven, man, ball handling guard. He's like a prototypical big guard. Um, like in addition to. His 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 shooting his underrated shooting percentage. Um, he was packed twelve all defensive team as well. Um, about two still what one about almost a steal and a half a game four four assists a game. Um, his teammates are gonna have fun with him. I definitely agree with that. He's got a a good feel on both sides of the ball. He's just he's just simply he's just basically ready to thrive in the NBA environment. I think um he will not have a problem with the perverted rookie wall, so to speak. I think that will, will not be a problem for him. I think his teammates are going to love him. This kid can make all the passes. Um, I love his size. Um, I, I, and I think, yeah, due to that Lonzo Ball situation, I think he will play a little bit more minutes than expected. And that is curious to me because I've been, I've been studying up on that Lonzo Ball. It was his right knee injury, right? That swelling just won't go away. It comes back and keeps coming and going. But yeah, this yeah. kid, Dale and Terry, that was definitely a good pick. Uh, I give these guys an A. All right. I think we're all in agreement. Solid A. I think the Bulls nailed this draft. Listen. They got a strong team. Can't wait to see what they do. I think they should have been. It was hot the first half of the season. The second half of the NBA season, it kind of like dwindled down. Uh, injuries played a part into that, but hopefully they're able to have somewhat of a full season, a full healthy season, and we'll be able to see what they can really do. Now we slide to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okai Abachi. I love it. Uh, Isaiah Mobley, real nice with his brother, Luke Travers. Uh, I like this draft selection by the Cavs. The Cavs usually do bad in the drafts. I mean, not really. They pick LeBron, Kyrie, but some of their lottery picks, like, it's just been really all over the place. Deion Waiters, he looked good for about three seasons, then he just washed off the face of the NBA. Won the championship, though. Hey. Uh, and Bennett. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most notorious one. <laughs> Oh, I was about to say, yeah, Bennett. I couldn't think of his name from Canada, right? Oh, oh I yeah, forgot. Bennett with UNLV. It's crazy. You know, yeah. you, like, you usually remember guys who didn't thrive as well as number one picks. He's so easily forgettable. It's crazy. Like, you just forget about him. That's crazy. But Ochai Abachi from Kansas, listen, I think he's one of the best 3 and D guys in this draft. The best 3 and D guy in this draft. You can say Benedict. Uh, you can also argue he is, but he was really excellent in catch-and-shoot situations, receiving off the move. But he's not really much of a ball handler. But that's why you got ball-dominant guards as Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, you know, to come in and basically take the pressure off him. So he's pretty much cutting, catching and shoot. You're maximizing him to his biggest strengths. And I feel like he won't struggle as much in the NBA. I think just some playing time for him there. He's a hard worker. Uh, you saw his improvement from Kansas from freshman to – Pretty much the end of his year, winning the championship with the Kansas, and I feel like he fits into the Cavs culture right now. So uh, I like to pick Isaiah Mobley. He's a good backup for his brother, and Luke Travers definitely to me is one of the underrated pick. The final selection of the night, he fits the prototype kind of every wing, six eight with a six ten wingspan. Uh, he played well in the G League, 
elite camp. And I feel like the Cavs overall had a nice draft. I'm, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. What do you think, Kyrie? Yeah, I got to agree with you, Kyle. I think they they, they have four selections. I think they nailed each one of them. Ochai Baji, of course, uh, coming off of a championship. I wasn't a huge fan of him his first couple of years at, uh, at Kansas City. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But um, he, he slowly, slowly and steadily started to impress me more and more as the season went on. And I started to see his maturity and growth. Definitely improved as a shooter, improved as a finisher at the room. He's always been a solid defender. But um, I think he fits in well with wing guys like Isaac Okoro and Shetty, uh, Shetty Usman. Uh, I think that was I think that was a really good pickup for him. They got another guy in uh, big man Khalifa Jop at thirty nine. I see some of his workouts pre uh, pre draft. Super athletic. Uh, he's just another rim runner to put uh, out there as a uh, as a big time shot blocker with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Uh, you, you can never have enough shot blocking. And uh, with the injuries that Jared Allen suffered this season, and um, you never know what can happen with other guys. Like I said, like with Evan Mobley and uh, and Laurie Markkinen. So uh, it's good to have uh, that that backup depth with, uh, with a guy that can block shots and that can rebound. Um, I, I like the Isaiah Mobley. It, it caught me by surprise. I didn't expect to see his name come up that night. But um, Johnny mentioned it last episode that he's a fan of uh, he's a fan of uh, basketball players whose dads played in the league. I'm a fan of guys who are brothers and both make it to the league. So I I, uh, I watched Isaiah Mobley in, in college with with his brother play, uh, play with his brother Evan. Always thought he was solid. Never knew if he'd really have it to make it uh, and hear his name get called on draft night, but he did. Hope he can make the squad. And um, Luke Travers, Colin, from Australia. I watched his game actually a couple of nights ago. Uh, a couple of nights ago. I tuned in and watched some of his highlights. He's really fun to watch, too. He's like a mixture of Josh Giddy, slow-mo uh, slow Kyle Anderson type of guy. Um, He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He, he's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest. But he just gets the job done out there. I really like his game too. So I got to give the Cavs about an A minus as well. All right, A minus. Okay, Johnny, talk to me. Um, yeah, got yeah. Shout out to brothers for sure. Uh, got a couple of. There's, it's all about like seeing your seeing your family member making, and that's just that motivation, and it, it make you want to. Yeah, I, I actually like that, bro. That's actually like yeah. But with the Cavs here, bro, I, man, I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a B plus. I'm gonna give him a B plus, solid B plus. Um, OJ Adaji. Um, so the thing I, I really like this kid. My thing with him is if his minutes I question. I think I, I hope he does get some playing time on the court. But I mean, if if Sexton and Rubio is coming back, uh, his men his minutes might might not like hit as as much as he for his, as much as they should or he's hoping to for them uh, for his first year. But um, I know that I don't. I hope he can make an immediate impact, given that. But it's it's a crowded backcourt in uh, Cleveland. But I really do like that kid, I, Khalifa Job. He um he was interesting to me. I I looked at his stats, but they didn't. It wasn't enough. I had to I had to really like watch some tape on this kid. He's very he he's like he, he he's gonna be just athleticism and motor, just athleticism and motor. Um, I think he'll get his footwork together and. Like as as that progressive, it, it, like as far as uh him being molded as a player, but I think he's just got raw athleticism, especially defensively. Um, I don't think he's ready to play in the NBA now. Um, but I think his uh, yeah, I think he's got good potential. But Isaiah Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, this kid was a I'm telling you, he was a darn near double double guy this past year. He shot thirty five percent from three uh, as well in six ten two thirty. Like yeah, he he's definitely somebody that um if ah uh, if they move on if if the Cavs move on from Dean Wade or Lamar Stevens 
he can definitely step up. Like Isaiah Mobley can definitely go ahead and get these minutes to go ahead and shine. He's my favorite pick out of all of them. He's my favorite pick out of all of them. I'm, I am fond of Luke Travers. I am fond of him. He's a shooting guard out of Australia, and we haven't seen that many Australian players. Um, so I am, I, that is pretty cool from that, but this kid, he's, he's, I, he's shooting, he's not even shooting 30% from three. Um, when, when he was playing, um, uh, he's only 20, so he's got some time to develop, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll, I see him being in Australia's NBL for another year or two. I'll give these guys a solid B plus just for the, uh, for the basis of the future and how they moved. Alright. Overall, we can agree the Cavs had a nice draft. So, uh, very rare, but they had a nice draft. So, we move on to the Indiana Pacers. So, I feel like, man, uh, you got Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte, Malcolm Brodlin is still up in the air. You don't know what they're going to do with him. But with the sixth pick, they take, uh, Benedict Matron, which I think is a solid pick. Uh, I think the solid pick for the Pacers. I don't know. I was kind of hoping they would have took Shaden, but maybe Shaden wouldn't have been as fine on the Pacers as he fit much with Portland. So everything happens for a reason. Uh, listen, thirty-eight percent three-point shooter, three hundred on three hundred sixteen attempts over his two years at Arizona. I think he should really benefit off having the guy with Terry's Halliburton as his point guard, and because you know he's not really strong ball handling, and his vision isn't bad. You know. 2.5 assists per game. Defensively, he is solid. Not amazing, but he's solid. Has a good work ethic. I like it. Andrew, Andrew Nimbard. How do you say it, Kyrie? Nimbard. I always struggle with saying his last name, man. Nimbard. I thought the B was silent. <laughs> Andrew Nimbard. I feel like, uh, she'll, this is the thing with him. I love his game. And he's another one that killed it in the combines. He destroyed it in the second day of the combines. Uh, if you guys want to wear it, he killed it. And I'm sure in the workouts he had, he must have killed it. Yep. And that's why he was the first pick in the second round. You know, he clearly killed it. Probably could have slid in the first round. But listen to me. Uh, when it comes to him getting playing time on the Pacers, they give it to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, he has a guaranteed contract, though, with multiple years. Uh, TJ McConnell's another one. But whether or not the Pacers move that, uh, it's going to be hard for him to get playing time as a point. But if they do end up making some moves uh, in that point guard position in the Pacers organization, uh, expect him to be ready to step up to that because he's that type of guy that will step up and he will execute. So I, I like this pick a lot. And Kendall Brown from Baylor. I, I just feel like the Pacers had a solid draft overall. Uh, nothing amazing, but just extremely solid. So something to build off for in terms of the foundation for the future. So I, I'm going to give the Pacers a B-plus on this one. Talk to me, Kyrie. Man, I love the Benedict Matherin pick. I uh, I personally felt like they should have went Dyson, and that's not a slight against against uh, Matherin. I just think for the simple fact that he picked a guy kind of similar in play style in him last year to Chris Duarte, I think they, they would have went Dyson to kind of even things out and give them more of a defensive edge. But uh, I love the Benedict Matherin pick. I still think he's going to uh, fit in because I don't see Buddy Hugh and Malcolm Brogdon being there at the beginning of the next season. So they're going to they're officially going to be, I think, shifting into that rebuild. I think they're going to get rid of Miles Turner too. So I think this is a good pick. And as far as reshaping their identity, Benedict Matherin is one of the most explosive players in this class. 
as as well as one of the best scorers. So that combination right there, when I'm watching play guy, he honestly reminds me a lot of uh, J.R. Smith. And another um, another comparison I've seen thrown out there, Adam, was Jason Richardson from back in the day. So uh, again, 17 points a game, about five rebounds, and he shot uh, shot 37 percent from three or about two makes per game. Uh, he just has that frame, that athleticism at six seven to be able to elevate above guys and, and to make tough shots, to make tough contested shots. And at the rim, he's a great lob threat. He's a great cutter, and that elevation allows him to finish at the rim above guys. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that pick right there. Uh, Kendall Brown, I think, is a, is a good depth uh, addition. I think he's just going to be a straight-up defender. Um, Andrew Nemhard, that was a guy that I, I really liked watching these past few years at Gonzaga. I feel like he – he was the engine that just made everything go outside of all the stars they had these past few years. And like, uh, Jalen Suggs and, and, uh, Chad Holmgren, Drew Timmy, guys like that. Andrew Nebhart was the, was the guy that made everything go as the, as the lead ball handler, as a lead playmaker. And I'm happy he, he worked his way up into the draft conversation. And I'm with number 31 right here. I think he's going to be another good rotational piece. And I, I can see him have a, have a long career as well. Uh, the, the Pacers, uh, the Pacers rarely ever miss on draft night. I, I can't remember the last time the Pacers a- just absolutely missed or, or, or drafted a bust. I, I really can't remember. Uh, they always make solid picks and they, they stuck to their guns with that again this, this year. I give them a, uh, I give them a solid B plus. The only reason I can't go A is just because I don't see these, I just see it being hard for these guys to get consistent playing time starting off. So I, I, I give it a B plus. Benedict has like the best chance, in my opinion. I, I think Benedict. I think Benedict. I'll say this right now. I think Benedict might be the best. Everyone is all said and done from this draft. I think Benedict might be the best two guard. Okay. I, 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 I like it. I like the. Bulls. I think he's got that type of talent, guy. I think he's I, I got mean, that type of talent. He, he's got that edge to him. He got the edge. I, I feel like I, I'm. I'm really debating between Jay and Ivy and Shady Shark, but I would say Jay and yeah. Ivy the best guard. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, I, I feel like Jaden's like the best right now. Uh, I can say that Jaden's the best right now. Shady Sharp like is just a whole mystery, but he could ultimately be the best guard in that draft. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a three man race between them right there, right there. It definitely. Even if even if you want to throw Dyson in as a two, some people might have him as a one. Some people have him as a swing man. Um, I, I prefer him as a one because I feel I, like I like him. Yep, me too. Yeah, I prefer him as a one. Me too. So, yeah, but it, it's gonna it's gonna be a tight race between all of them right there. Just yeah, like, I like Jade. I like, I know what I said. I like Jade and Ivy over Keith. Whoa, whoa, not, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we gonna say that? Let's talk about the only. Let's talk about the cases. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about their jazz lessons. Johnny, talk to me. Listen, but <laughs> listen, guys. I definitely agree with the Benedict, uh, Matherin, uh, pro- um, uh, providing like like pro- the producer right away. Um, this kid, I like these candidate players, man. These guys produce, man. He's like he's 17 points, 37% from downtown. He shot 45, 45% overall and just general field goal percentage. So he pitches, he pitches spots very smooth, like very smoothly. Got a smooth jump shot. Um, like, so he's not exactly a shot creator at this point. Um, but he, his, his skill set, his overall skill set is definitely exciting. He does have an issue with not, you know, with protecting the ball sometimes. And defense can me coach him, but that's just you know what I mean that's he'll be fine. I think I, that's that's always the case with any with most rookies anyway. Like the Pacers definitely hit the right, they hit they hit the you know hit the uh, hammer on the nail hit hit the nail with the hammer on his pick. Y'all know what I'm saying. 
But um, yeah, he's definitely got all star potential. Um, but with Andrew Nembhard, um, again taking another another Canada player, um, he's he was one of the most he was one of Gonzaga's most consistent players like across the past two years. Um, he's not the most explosive ass athlete, but he's a solid playmaker and he could definitely score. Um, had almost twelve points, about six dimes, uh, last season. Uh, he's not a starting caliber player, but he does give them depth, uh, depth at point guard behind Tyrese Halliburton, and that's very important. Um, they were screaming for depth. Indiana was definitely um screaming for playmaking and depth, so he definitely should help in that regard. Um, but um, I'm. Another one, I keep giving you guys my personal, I'm a personal fan. I've always, like, before I said I'm a personal fan of second-generation players, I'm also a personal fan, guys, of four-year players. And this guy, he, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's one of the most experienced players coming out of this draft. He did two years at Florida before he went to Zag, went to the Zags and finished off his last two years. I like it, man. I, I like this kid for his experience. I like him for his, I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just fit into a solid role in Indiana. And um, uh, Kendall Brown, um, the the Pacers they definitely needed depth at the at the forward position, like the wing position. And this kid, I think he could definitely come in off the bench and just get to a bucket. Um, he's Big Twelve Freshman of the Year, putting up like ten points, uh, five boards, um, shooting sixty percent from the field though. Very very efficient. He's he knows how to play off ball. He's a very good cutter, and um, he's not not a bad handle for somebody of his size. Um. But his because of his athleticism, uh, he's more capable of guarding. I think more like multiple positions, like that six eight uh, height with that seven foot and over wingspan. Like he's definitely can guard. I think at least four positions. Um, he's he's gonna be like a, a matchup. Like defensively, he's gonna be a matchup nightmare for like the opposition. But he was actually supposed to be a first rounder. Um, I don't know. Might might have been because of his offensive skills could use some polishing. I think he shot like. 58% overall, 30, about 34% from beyond the line, but he shot like almost 70% from the free throw line. So that's probably why he slipped a little bit. But overall, I, I'm not going to lie. The draft is about the future and I, and the Pacers, as far as the future is concerned, they did a good, they did a great job. I give them an A actually. Ah, man. I mean, Pacers look like they got something something going, especially with Tyrese Halliburton. Can't wait to see what they do with Malcolm Brogdon. I would love to take them, Pacers, if you guys ever get a chance to listen to this. Definitely send them to our way for the 76ers. We'll be more than glad to take them off. You can have Matisse. You know, you, you can have him. That's cool. You know, just give us Malcolm Brogdon. We'll definitely take him. But <laughs> with that being said, we go to Detroit, last team in the central division. Listen. Jay and Ivy and Kay Cunningham. Ooh, we. Come on, man. Can we talk about how dynamic that backcourt is going to be? Like, they might have low key won the draft. They might have low key won. Like, they were my top four teams that won this draft. Because, to me, listen, Lodge is giving me pushback on the Western when I said the Kings. I feel like, like, I get the Keegan Murray pick. I like Keegan Murray, but it's like, Jay and Ivy's that type of talent. You, you just get him, and then you just try to see how you can make it work at this point. But everything happens for a reason, right? But I think the Pistons getting Jay and Ivy uh, is, is just, listen, they got a backcourt for the future, for the next. You could be one of those backcourts we talked about in the East. Remember John Wall, Bradley Bill, 
You know, uh, Kyle Lurie, DeMar DeRozan, you know, you had a couple. Mm -hmm. So now you got a potential new backcourt right there that's going to make some noise and probably dominate the East within a few years. I definitely believe it. They got a potential to do that. And uh, honestly speaking, the the Pistons draft draft selections, it's just been really nice. I mean, Jalen Duran, they didn't draft him, but the Knicks voluntarily gave him as a gift. So, hey. (laughs) That's the perfect way to get that's the perfect way to put it, bro. I'm glad you put it that way. It was a gift. Listen, <laughs> is it gift. Christmas or are we in June? I don't get it. I think we're listen, Detroit got Knicks front, the, the Knicks front off the Knicks front office might have thought it was Christmas. <laughs> that's how that's how incompetent Listen, if I'm a Detroit fan, I'm like dancing, I'm like doing all types of dances because you guys are pretty much set for the future. You don't even have to go out and get DeAndre Ayton. That's why they think they really went for Jalen Duran, in my opinion, because maybe they want to, you know. But Jalen Duran, and it's nice to have a startup, him, IVK. That's a potential big three right there. That's, I'm so excited about that. I like it. it. The talent on this team, and then Hamadou Diallo. You, 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 you can't forget Sadiq Bay, too. Oh, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay was the runner. Uh, I'm not crazy about Marvin Bagley. I think he's kind of a bust, but we'll have to see what he does this upcoming season with a new roster <laughs> coach offensive scheme, so I'm not giving up Marvin Bagley yet. I thought he was a decent dude. Just the Sacramento Kings ruined him, in my opinion, like they usually do. And listen to me. I, I just like the Pistons so much. Kyrie, talk to me. I talk too much. Go ahead. No, you're all good, but I agree, I agree with a lot what you're saying. Did Ivy definitely was the pick to go with right here. Oh, I'm a huge fan of killing out Hayes. Um, he just had to show Ooh. much. So, uh... Yep, yep. You know, you know, he he might have to take that backup point guard role, but he has to take that backup point guard role to a guy that that was one of the best college basketball players in the country this past season, put a seventeen points, five boards, and, and about three dimes per game, and just boosted up his overall percentages as a scorer, um, from three and overall from the field from forty percent to forty six, from three to the jump was from twenty six percent to thirty, from twenty six percent to thirty six percent, guys, and uh, you know I. Again, I think this is the perfect fit to put next to Cade. He could play off the ball as a kind of as a, as a slasher, and even sometimes down the low, down the line as a spot of shooter. He's not the best defender now, but I've seen some flashes of Cade being a pretty good defender. And my guy, Sadiq Bay, he he could definitely lock down on that perimeter too. Um, so I, I think it's going to balance out well. And a, a coach like Dwayne Casey is going to push a guy like Jada Ivy because Jada Ivy wants to be great, but everybody wants to be great. The difference is is are you going to put in the work in the necessary areas to, to achieve that greatness? And I think Dwayne Casey is going to push Jaden Ivey to do that when you talk about being more of a hustle player, um, being more of a willing passer, getting guys involved, being more of a, a of a willing defender, more tenacious defender. I think Dwayne Casey is going to help him achieve those attributes and make those weaknesses strengths. So I definitely love this pick right here. I think he fits in perfectly with that, that, uh, that squad and that motor, that motor city. That Motor City image, that grit and grind kind of kind of image that Detroit Pistons give off, and Jalen Duran does that too. I mean, in my opinion, from the first time I watched him back back in high school when he, he played for Roman Catholic College out in Philly, and um, I was like, yo, he he's going to be like the second coming of Bam out of Bio or Dwight Howard. Second and, coming of Bam out of Bio and Dwight Howard. Mm. Yeah. He, hey, he's Pistons got, fans, if you're a Pistons he, fan listening to this, hey. Oh, he he's got that to him. He he's about I think six ten, six eleven. Has long arms. He's built. He has he's his body's NBA ready right now. Six eleven, two fifty. 
He can block shots. He's super active around the rim. He, he has a great second jump, which allows him to be a good shot blocker and a great rebounder. And um, yeah, I think I don't think he's going to start. Uh, I don't I don't think he's going to start uh, immediately. They still the guys still have Isaiah Stewart, who in his own right is a is very similar to him. Actually, he's a, is a good rim runner. He doesn't get as high off the ground, but he can rebound with the best of them. He's powerfully built, and he doesn't play. So, I, I think the I think the Pistons got something good brewing here, guys. I, I definitely got to give them an H for this draft night. They did their thing. Hey man, Johnny, playing to you. Get right to it, man. A plus, A plus. You are call it right out, bro. A plus. You already know. Uh, listen here. It, I'm gonna tell you one thing. The Jaden Ivey pick, man. First of all, I thought he was gonna go to the Kings. Um, they, they made bold decision not to go with him, so he fell, fell to, to Detroit. And I'm talking like it's lethal backcourt, bro. Lethal backcourt between between Cade and and this kid right here. Um, he's got. I like his. I like his comparisons to like John Moran. I like those. I like those in prime and in, in his prime. Russell Westbrook for me. I want to make that clear. Russell Westbrook in his prime. He's got those <laughs> like that. That's who he, that. That's I'll give him that comparison. Just natural. He can just get off the floor and just he can just rise up on anybody. Jump shot not perfect, but I mean I I actually question that. I think he'll be fine as far as shooting the basketball. I've heard a couple scouts talk bad about him not being a good shooter. He increased in three point field goal percentage. Both like his, like he increased every year he played. Um, the two years he played, I think he shot twenty four percent his first year from three. Increased that to a whopping thirty six percent, and like all around field goal percentage, thirty nine percent his first year increased that to forty six percent. So I don't I don't know where the shooting concerns are coming from. Um, I don't I'm not necessarily buying into that. This kid is like he's 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 ready. He's he's NBA ready. I think it, it'd be exciting to watch him. Um, so yeah, that's like they got a very, they definitely got a very talented player in, in Jaden Ivey. But um, now. Jaden Duran, this this guy, a powerful force around the rim. Like like he's got like a, a combination of being able to finish and but at the same time his shot blocking ability is like right up there along with it. It's like they're, they're kind of it's not is not one is more than the other. He has a consist he shows a consistent ability of being able to do both. Um, he doesn't split space the floor well a little bit. Some scouts are saying, but. I, I I think he'll be fine with with Cade and Jaden Ivey playmakers like man in the backcourt like yeah they they might low key uh win the draft I really like these guys I give them an A. Ah, Detroit Pistons man I I I'm gonna be using them the Hawks and a couple other teams in 2K so much they're gonna be like wait how you how do yeah you? If you play online they gonna be beating you to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over to the last division of Eastern Conference. We're going to talk about the Miami Heat. I love the draft selection. A lot of people really had mixed feelings on the draft selection. I actually like it. Nikola Jokic at the 27th pick. I think he's an uh, excellent prospect. Listen, 6'11". Jokic. Where have Kyrie? With the I, I said Jokic. That's not like you said Jokic. Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jokic. Jokic. plays like him. Shoot. No, <laughs> so, so I said Jokic. I mean, if I did. Artists, so the fans, the fans will call me out. The listeners will call me out. But I'm pretty sure I said Jovic, six eleven with guard skills. He can handle, create his own shot. Kind of inconsistent, not offensively consistent, but he has all the skills. And he only played 700 minutes with the team. I think it was KK Mega Burmax. 
So he didn't play that much with the team, but he showed enough for the Heat. When the Heat drafted, got another organization, they excellently draft players. If the Heat did their research on this guy, and they feel like he was worth their only first-round pick, their only pick in the draft, and they took it on him. He could come in, be a backup for Bam, or slide to the four because P.J. Tucker looks like he's leaving, being traded to us, or whatever team he may go to. So I actually like this. Uh, what do you think about this, Kyrie? Just talk to me. Um, I like the pick. I, I thought Yover should have came out in the draft last uh, last year when he when he put his name in. And um, I was kind of surprised that he he took it out, but uh, it, it seemed to pay off because he wasn't he wasn't predicted to go this high. Um, coming out from Serbia, he put up about twelve points per game with five boards and assists, shot forty percent from three. And when I tell you he has a beautiful jump shot, guys, his jumper is smooth and it's consistent from all ranges, from all areas on the floor. Um, he has the ball handling ability, kind of like his, his twin uh, Nikola Jokic. He's able to see the floor. He can push the ball and transition off of a rebound. He can find guys. Um, I and I just think that kind of play style fits in with the Miami Heat. We have guys that can score off the ball like a Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, um, Kyle Lowry when he has it going on, Jimmy Butler off of cuts and stuff like that. And um, Bam Adebayo, who I feel like needs to see the ball in his hands more, just needs to get more touches overall. A guy uh, playing next to a guy like Jovic, I feel like can really help that. He can stretch the floor and he can just make things happen um for a lot of different for a lot of guys. And like you mentioned, to replace PJ Tucker with a guy like him that can shoot it like PJ, he's not going to defend like he's not going to defend like it. But at the same time, you can't see six eleven. He's not as stiff. He has some type of mobility, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a solid overall player. Uh, I'll, I'll give the Heat a B plus for uh, for this one right here. Like like you said, the Heat's a team that does their research. They're not going to pick you unless they, you feel like you meet their standards of, of a basketball player. And I feel like they they felt that way with uh, with. Nikolaovich. Yeah, and then he's going to winning basketball coaches, so he's learning all the intangibles. Pat Riley, so Eric Spoelstra, definitely a great situation for any prospect to go to. Johnny, talk to me. What's your thoughts on the Heat's only draft selection? Um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I had to I had to definitely study up on it after doing my research. I I I actually am gonna I actually am gonna give them a B. Um, I wanted to say C at first, but after studying up on this kid, he's a little bit um underrated to me. Um, not not gonna hit the ground running. I don't see him doing that right away. He, I see him. He'll definitely stretch the floor. Um, that's an excellent like shooting percentage from three. Very very excellent shooting percentage. I, I see him only being that on offense. Um, he shot under forty three percent in all around field goal percentage, but from that from the three point line, that'll keep him on the court. Um, he's over six eleven, two twenty, over two twenty. Um, he'll definitely he'll definitely have time in the interior paint. The Heat are going to be expecting that because like protecting the paint in this league nowadays is definitely expected, especially if you're six foot eleven, about over two hundred as he is. But he's he's nineteen, so okay, he's nineteen. Let's not forget that. Definitely a heck of a high ceiling here. I see what the Heat were doing. Um. I actually do like it, and hey, not to mention they they signed like six undrafted free agents, so they're just basically adding depth and just inking inking up their future. So I definitely give them a B for that. All right, listen, the Heat is definitely. I mean, they, listen, I think they can make a run at the title again. Uh, Tyler Harrell's got to be more consistent, but we're gonna move on to the next team inside the Southeast. We're going to talk about the Atlantic Hawks, and man, we got a lot to talk about them. 
before we even dive on to the draft picks they selected with A.J. Griffin and Tyrese Martin, big news came out today at the time of this recording. DeJounte Murray will be going to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Spurs are trading three, uh, the Hawks are trading away three first round picks to get DeJounte Murray. And they're also trading Gallinari, uh, which I think he wasn't doing anything with the Hawks as much as people expected them to. So I think it's a great steal to offload that contract. I mean, listen to me. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in the backcourt, that is phenomenal. If you're a Hawks fan, you, you, you just gotta be crazy about the soft season. I mean, if you're uh, a Knicks fan, we apologize. <laughs> hey, man, listen, Kyrie. Yeah, man. Just break down just how awesome yeah. this is for DeJounte Murray and the Hawks. And if you're a Hawks fan, what should you be looking for for this upcoming season with a backcourt like that? I mean, this is just a nightmare for, for the Knicks. I feel like this is a nightmare for a lot, for any contender in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you have a backcourt of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Both one, of greatest, one, one, of, one of the one of the best offensive point guards we have in the game today, along with one of the best defensive point guards we have in the game today, that can still give you twenty points per game, easy. I, I'm more mad at us for letting it happen because we have to see them four times a year. Ah. Like I, I'm just more mad that we let it happen, but I'm not I'm not going to break too much on the Knicks. I'll, <laughs> I would have loved for it to happen, of course. I was, I was rooting for it to happen. I was on it. Loved DeJounte Murray for, for the longest. One of my favorite players in the league right now. Would have fit that identity we had, the Knicks had, when we made the playoffs a year ago. Um, As far as the, the hard-nosed defensive team, could have definitely brought us back to that. But, man, the Atlanta Hawks got a, got a runaway field. This. Yeah, you lost the three first-round picks, but the only other asset you lost um, along with those was Danilo Gallinari. And you have a you have arguably one of uh, a top two, top three defender in the league. Jonathan Murray's twenty five, twenty six. I think he's about twenty five. Almost so, uh, put so up a triple dumb. double last season. Got the right. most improved player of the year in my in my opinion. Prime. And the Hawks are going to be scary. They, they're losing. They're going to lose John Collins. It hurts. I, I but, feel um, like you do everything in their power to keep him at this point. Because like then if you had John Collins with those two, oh man, that's dangerous. But you got to remember, Collins, they got Jalen Johnson, who they drafted last year. Who, who, Jaylen, uh, and granted, it was man. only G League, but he was doing his thing in the G League, which is surprising. Listen, man, I'll see him when he gets on that court, and okay. he's able to get consistent minutes, and then we can really see what he what he can do. Because I, I I just never was so even in high school, I was never sold on him. I didn't want Kentucky to recruit him. And I'm glad we didn't, they did recruit him, but he chose Duke. I, I'm just not, something about him, I'm just not sold about him. He doesn't give me Paolo, like, vibes. He was a, he, was he the top five player in his class? He was a top five player in his class, too. I, yeah, I, something like something that. About him didn't strike me as like, oh, this guy's a star. Not like Ingram, not like Tatum. I mean, if, if you don't like him, Kyle, they still, they got another guy you like, Oyeka Okungu. Now that's a guy that's gonna make some. Oh. That's probably now that I think about it. That's probably who they're gonna have uh, step in. When, oh, um, dude, he's the fourth pick yeah. in the You 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 gotta step up. When yeah. He's the fourth pick on you for no reason. Got to. I keep saying we, not a Hawks fan guy, Sixers fan here. But uh, uh, Johnny, talk to me about Dejounte Murray going to the Hawks, man. Before we dive into the draft selection by the Hawks. Shoot, I, I like it, man. My only question is, this is one of those, what you have is one of those good problems. Yeah, one kid had eight, eight, Murray was averaging 
eight assists a game last year, and Trey was what nine plus, I think, in that sort of range. So, but uh, backcourt is definitely definitely going to be solid. Um, this is what's interesting to to me about it. I like it very much, by the way. I, this is the interesting part, though, the, what the Hawks sent over. Um, they sent over uh a, a 2023 first round pick from they got from Charlotte. But these um these but they sent they they sent an unprotected pick of their own. Well, I think two of them, 2025 and 2027 first round picks of the Spurs in the deal. So like that means I, I I'm hoping that I'm thinking that the Spurs they're probably they're clearly rebuilding, but I think they're low key hoping that those picks pay off. Um, you know the protected means if if it's any if these teams if it's if the pick fall, if the pick ends up being anything out of the top ten, they have to give that right back to the team that they traded it to. So, um, that's that that's an interesting little uh, knickknack right there as far as like the details of this trade. But as far as Murray and Trey Young, I mean, pick your poison, man. Like I, you talk about a two way player. The thing that stands out to me most about this is Atlanta. Like it's hard to pick on Trey now if you're in opposition. It's hard to because you got uh, you, they'll put the yeah. that, that takes a lot of guarding these guards, man. It's tough, man. Like shoot, Trey isn't really the known for the best defenders, so it's thank God, so it's good to have Dejounte Murray to pick up and take on those tough assignments. And um, I think that this, yeah, this is a, a heck of a move. I didn't think it was going to happen though. I really didn't. I, I didn't. They were the Hawks were talking to them about uh, to the Spurs about Dejounte for like the past two weeks, but the Spurs were also. Talking to a few other teams as well, but yeah, they pulled that trigger, man, and they did it without giving up John Collins, fellas. Excellent move by ATL staff. Superb. Now we go into the draft selections. AJ Griffin. I like AJ Griffin. I'm surprised he fell to the Hawks. Uh, I thought it was a lottery, in my opinion. The fact that he slipped, I think the Hawks are just running away with the all season right now. If we're really being honest, uh, between in terms of draft selections. Uh, and then the off-season move they made. I mean, just Kyrie, what's your thoughts about uh, AJ Griffin and the Hawks picking him? Um, I th- I think that was a really really good fit for Atlanta, and it's mainly because even though he didn't have the the type of freshman season we we're expecting him to coming in the Duke, I think we still have a lot of untapped potential that we've yet to see from AJ Griffin. Now, whether he'll reach it or not is another question, but I feel like it's there. He he doesn't have a lot of that explosiveness he had before college that that uh, was put on display that everybody fell in love with. But what he, he did kind of show was that we weren't really expecting was that three point shooting, and um he shot over forty percent from the uh, from three last year. And there was just certain games where you would watch him and you would watch him come in for Duke, and he would just light things up from from all over the floor. As just and it was it was all in spot up situations. He's not the best creator, but in spot up situations. You give him any type of daylight, he, he he's putting the ball up and he's most likely going in. I think that's a guy that uh the Atlanta Hawks kind of needed to balance out with another guy on the wing they're going to have in DeAndre Hunter, who I feel like is making strides, but he's not he's still not the greatest shooter. He does have he he has a floater game, um he has a he has a nice in between game, but I think AJ's ability to shoot from the outside is going to uh is going to is, is going to help real good. Adding Tyrese Martin in the second round of flag was a good underrated pick too. He's a good shooter and good at, uh, has good athleticism. And, um, I think he's, he's going to be a nice rotation piece for Atlanta too. I'd give them a, uh, I'd, I'd give them a B plus. I, I really, 
got to see what A.J. Griffin has in the tank. I, I'm going to be watching him a lot during summer league just to see if he's getting back to that kind of form that uh that I, that I grew accustomed to watching before he, he, had, he had got to do and uh, suffer those injuries. But, uh, Johnny, what, what do you think, bro? What do you think about the Atlanta Hawks two, uh, two draft picks? Um, first of all, with um, I like them because of the amount of games that these kids played before um, coming in. Um, you got AJ, uh, AJ Griffin's got a lot of experience, man. 24 game, 24, uh, I'm sorry, 39 games, 24 minutes. He averaged through 39 games. He was expected to go 10. Did this surprise me? I think he's supposed to, he's supposed to go like 10 or nine, but he went 16. Um, but I, I, I like yeah. him, man. He was ranked as the best small forward in this class. And it's for a reason made by almost 50% of his, uh, of his threes last season. And that's, and I think what, what was the exact number I've got here? 49. 3%. Yeah, that's very, oh my God, that's impressive. And that's something the Hawks struggled with last season. I think their best shooter was Kevin Herter. I think statistically, yeah, yeah. Kevin lot. there you go. Yeah. So you, de- they definitely yeah. were screaming for some backup there. And, um, that's a good pit. That, that's a great check off the check. They check that box off nicely right there. Um, but he's only 18. Despite that, this kid is a monster. Like, I don't know what they fed this dude. 6'6", six, six, like 218, 220, I think, or something like that. He's like, he, the hit, his size alone is going to get him on the court. But other than that, he's, I'm talking about finishing through contact. This, this, this kid's going to get, he's already good at getting into the lane. Like he's going to, like, he's going to be nice, yo. He's going to be nice. And, um, yeah, but the thing is with, uh, who was, uh, Tyrese Martin, right? Yeah, for, for sure. Another kid I like, From bro. He, yep. Yeah, he paid, uh, 20, played 29 games. Played 29, 29 games for the Huskies, and they won 22 out of those 29 games that he played for them. So he's definitely efficient. He definitely can produce. Like, he's a great three-point shooter. Another one. I think he shot around the same, 42%, he's, 43%. He was, in that 40, he was in that 40 club, too, yeah. Yeah, bro. That's Are you kidding me? And uh, and I'm uh, and listen, what are they feeding this kid, too? <laughs> 215, six foot six. Like, he can get up. Uh, um, They got two talented and promising young players. And you talk about depth, they check that right off. Like that, and, and, and I think in the process, I think, um, cause what happened with that, uh, number 44 pick? What was the details with that? I think they got it. They changed, they exchanged picks with the Warriors and, um, exchange for the 44th pick that they originally had, I think. And they got some yeah. in cash with that. And, uh, so yeah, they picked up great, um, they picked up two talented young players and they got some cash on the side to go to the offseason. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, the Atlanta Hawks, man, ever since they just keep outdoing us. Ever since they knocked us out of the first round uh two seasons ago. They just keep oh outdoing us in the draft, the free agency, they just they just they just keep building up. I can still hear um, the Trey Young chance. What Trey Young chance you think y'all gonna have this for this year? <laughs> Hopefully it's more, bro, more I, kid friendly. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna be tuned into our games enough to even know, bro. Oh boy, come on. <laughs> you gotta I'm telling you on, that fight bro. I'm needs you. Cool to, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what. They're going to have to make something shake in the offseason. Yeah. They're going to have to make something. It's going to take more than Jalen Brunson to do it for. But, yeah. but, but moving <laughs> on, we're going to move on to the Charlotte Hornets, who picked at number 15, my guy, Mark Williams out of Duke. And at number 40, Bryce McGowan, the shooter out of, uh, out of Nebraska. Johnny, what do you think of these two picks for the uh, for the Charlotte Hornets? They also had the – I think they had the 13th pick as well that was traded. 
um, to the Detroit Pistons that ended up being Jalen Durant with the, with the whole Knicks debacle. So yeah, after the three picks they, they ended the draft with, they left with two. They got Mark Williams and they got Bryce McGowan. How do you feel about them? Mm-hmm. Bryce McGowan. Yeah, that was a, um, yeah, it was a wild night. Um, it was a wild night for Charlotte. Uh, roller coaster of emotions with these guys. Like they, they first, like how this process go? They first drafted Jalen, then traded him. They, but then, but they did, yeah, they, they added a big man with Mark. Right, just they, they, you expected them to do that. I mean, this kid's interior presence is dominant, just straight up dominant, do, dominant. And that, but the kid Josh Minot is raw talent, a little bit raw. He's still developing, um, but he's got a great frame and incredible athleticism. Uh, the tools, uh, the tools are there for him to become something. But uh, he could be a slasher for them. But he'll he'll while he while he's developing and scoring, but. Like the Hornets, they had a hold at center position for a while. Going back to Mark Williams, I believe really, that's really my favorite pick out of them too. Um, he, he they really had a hold for like the past three to four years. Uh, they've needed help at that position, and um, Mark Williams, he got a chance to start out the gate here, man. He got a chance to start out the gate. Um, he's going to be viewed as the center of the future for the Hornets. I mean, this kid's seven foot two, dude. You're not going to be, and the Hornets were begging for the center spot. Like you better get ready to play, kid. And I think he will be. He's going to make an impact on defense right away. That was his main thing. That was his main thing at Duke, bro. Uh, solid rim protector. Had about, like, what, almost three blocks a game. Almost three blocks a game, bro. Like, But um, the only reason I'm not – I want to give these guys – I really, really do want to give Sharder, like, an A for this. But the, I, I'm going to give him, like, a B plus. The only reason I'm not giving him an A is because he don't like the strongest rebounder. He didn't like the strongest rebounder in Duke looking at his numbers and – his offense obviously is a work in progress, but he's going to be a crazy lob threat. He can get up and down the rim, and he's going to be a heck of a rim protector. And when you got Lamelo running the point, bro, you're fine. You're, you're going to be good. He's going to make this kid look way better. <laughs> he's going to get Lamelo. Yo, he, he, I loved, I love Mello, bro. Love it, and I love, I love, yeah. and they get you got to feed your point guard a center. Got to give him a guy like this. For sure, and I definitely think Mark Williams pushed them a little bit, and especially if they bring Miles Bridges back. I think Charlotte's in the, in the uh, on the right trajectory. Um, Kyler, mm-hmm. welcome back, bro. Let me know what you think about the Charlotte Hornets draft pick, man. Do you think they knocked it out of the park, or did, did you think they you think they should have did something else? Mark Williams at fifteen is a nice uh, deal for the Hornets. I thought they would get him at the thirteenth pick. That's what I thought they were gonna do. Uh, but they took him at fifteen, which hey, I'm not complaining. They still got their guy. Uh, obviously, uh, Mason Plumlee is gonna you know mentor his fellow Duke. Is it Marshall or is it Mason Plumlee? Well, I, it's, it's three Plumlee. That, that's, uh, that's Mason. That's Mason, that's Mason Plumlee. So Mason Plumlee is going to guide his fellow Dookie and show him the ropes on the NBA, how to be an NBA player, nutrition, diet. Couldn't ask for a better situation for the guy. Him and LaMelo, oh, it's going to be highlight reel after highlight reel. I'm excited for this pick. But I want to talk about the second rounder. Now, I'm this is one of the few second rounders in this draft that I'm really excited about. I think Bryce could have slid into the first round, but this draft, maybe if he came back next year and then played well, bought out inside Nebraska, he'd have been an absolute first round. Could have probably slid, wouldn't be 15 to 20. That's why I had him had he came back. But I like Bryce uh, McGowan's, and I don't know if he's going to be able to get the playing time with the guards they got. That's one of my things, but he could definitely be one of those guys off the bench you know, not as a rookie, but maybe his third, fourth year, it kind of give you that 10, 15 points. You know, we shoot about 44, 45%, and he's able to hit 39% from the three and at least 
75 to 80% from the free throw line. That's what I would kind of predict for him in three to four years. I think he's that guy, but it's all about him getting the time and the right coaching staff. And I, you know, I, I don't know if the Hornets necessarily is the right team for Bryce. Uh, maybe I felt like he should have gone maybe to the Heat or the Spurs or hey, maybe, nah, not OKC. OKC got a lot of guards as it is. But I, I really like Bryce. I really do. I just hope the Hornets is really nurturing this kid and really aiding him inside his development. Cause I think he's a still for the Hornets at the second round pick. Cause I, I think he has first round talent in my opinion. But that's absolutely. So I, I, I'm giving the Hornets a B plus. Give them a B plus. Uh, a minus actually. Let me give them an A minus. I just, I love Mark Williams and LaMelo Ball. I can see the lives in ESPN highlights. I, I already see it. But yeah, I want to um before 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 I just want to point out, guys. Uh, Charlotte, that was an underrated move, real quick. They got when they traded for Jalen, they got a slew of draft picks for it, and um that's they got a massive haul of, of draft picks for just one player. And but even though only one of them is a first round pick out the five, um I still like the moves that they made for the future. Um, that was an excellent move that they did while not giving up too much. No, absolutely. I mean, listen, the Hornets. I mean, listen, they struggled with, listen, I think LaMelo might have been the only, you know, excuse me, can't, I always forget Kemba Walker. I, I forget yeah, Kemba. Bobcats. He was selected by the Bobcats. <laughs> and, and, and it's just hard to kind of like, was he selected by the Hornets or was it the Bobcats? I want to say because I think, I think it was because Oakle Ford was with the, uh, was selected by Bobcats as well. Right. Yeah. So, like, the, this horrible management from, you know, from MJ. I mean, but listen. They Look, might have I, I, think, got, I think MJ knocked out the park this, uh, this year, though. I mean. No, I think he You had I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get my uh, take on it real quick. I don't want to keep, to get stuck on here. <laughs> but I felt like, I feel like Mark Williams, especially being down the street at Duke, was the only logical option for the Charlotte Hornets right here. Because, again, I feel like Mason probably could stick around and become a, a good mentor to him, but I think he might be gone. Um, I think Charlotte's going to revamp that whole big man room. And I think Mark Williams was the perfect guy to do it. Uh, about 14, 15 points per game with just under eight rebounds per game. But he was just ultimate interior presence. He he had the Rudy Gobert effect where point guard thought second. He, they, point guard thought twice. Three times even about going into paint on him, and um, because just just that nine that nine foot two reach that seven foot plus wingspan, it was just too overwhelming to shoot over sometimes. Even on the perimeter, guys, he does his thing. So uh, I, I definitely think that's an A plus pick for the for the Hornets right there. Now Bryce McGowan, I'm I'm a huge fan of him too, Kyle. He's a certified bucket getter, and he does it in the smoothest way possible. He just doesn't play a lick of defense, and I think that's the reason why he he fell down. Uh, if he could get that together, he could he he could get his he could get his weight up, and um he could play with a, a little more physical and, and hold his own against NBA size talent. I think he uh, I, I think he finds himself a rotation piece too, along with younger guys like James Booknight and uh and JT Thor that they, uh, who the guys they drafted last year that didn't see much playing time. So uh, I, I think Charlotte's adding on out uh, to their young talent. I, I'll give him a B plus. All right, pretty solid. Not complaining, disagreeing with that one. We're going to slide over to the Washington Wizards with the tenth pick. They select Johnny Davis. I like Johnny Davis. I feel like Tata was another team 
the Wizards could have picked up for the point guard position. But we can see what Johnny Davis do. Uh, he's really a two, but let's see what he could do at the one at this point. Uh, let's see what the Wizards could work with. So Bradley Bill will be signing with the Wizards, the Supermax. He's not playing no one, bro. Huh? But he's not playing no one. They just picked up Monty Morris today. I, I, I'm. <laughs> oh, they did. Word. Yeah, he ain't going to play no one, bro. Oh, Will Barton, too, right? I think. They, Will, yeah, they Will, Will Barton, it. I forgot. They traded for. Will Barton's playing the one. All right, Johnny Davis come off the bench. Not complaining about that. I like Johnny Davis. I like the pick. He kind of slowed down the second half of the season of Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin. You saw a lot more of his weaknesses. Uh, but he's got good size, you know, for he can switch between the one and two, you know, six, four, six, five. Uh, he got a good looking shot offensively, you know, but he shot 30.6%. From the three as a three-point shooter, it's not really well. It's not really good. That's something he could improve on. Like I said, the first half he was on fire. The second half he, he kind of cooled down. Maybe the defenses started to pick up on him a lot more. Uh, and then Yannick, I think at 54 is great. He's a great developmental place, uh, piece for the Wizards. And I think he could come in within the next probably three or four years. And, you know, after he bounces around, focuses on development on him by the Wizards staff, and he probably become a rotational piece by his third or fourth year. I feel like he could do it. He has the potential. I've been seeing his name on this year's mock drafts and last year's mock draft. He's a name that I'm pretty pretty familiar with. So I'm I'm giving the Wizards a B. They're giving the B minus section. I'm giving them a B minus. Uh, talk to me, Kyrie. What, what do you think about the Wizards? I was I was really high on the pick up until. Bradley Bill, I, I, I guess, pretty much announced that he he be restructuring his deal and coming back to the Wizards. That's what I that's what it's looking like to me. I feel like it's a seventy five percent chance he goes back to DC. At this point, you got to saw he opted out of his contract today, and I think the moves that the Wizards made were kind of win now moves. I mean, you got a vet like Monty Morris, who's a heavy point guard, and um, Will Barton, who's who's a vet that that held his own in Portland and in, in, in Denver. As as a two way wing that can shoot the ball really well and it plays with a nice toughness and, and edge, so I definitely think Bradley Beal is coming back and in a way I feel like he's gatekeeping away from Johnny Davis, really hopping in there and not really being handed the keys as, as in saying it's his own squad, but I think kind of have more of that leadership role amongst the younger guys in there that they've been drafted like Danny Adia, uh, Corey Kisper. And uh, Rui Hachimura, just those young guys. So um, I, I got to give the pick a C. I, lo- I like Johnny Davis. That's not a fight towards him at, uh, at all. I think he has a great motor. He has a good uh, in-between game. He's good at getting to the rim. Uh, solid defender. Reminds me a lot of uh, – reminds me a lot of uh, Manny Ginobili. And uh, I, I just I just don't know how it's all going to work out there with Bradley Beal seemingly coming back. So I got to give the pick a C. All right, John, you talk to me. What do you think about the Wizards? Well, um, I'm not going to lie. This was an interesting pick for them. I'll give them, I give them a, I give them a C plus. I give them a, high, a strong C plus. This is very interesting. I like Johnny Davis. He's not going to be, he's what, 6'4". It's not going to be like a game changer for the Wizards, but he's definitely, he's likely to be a useful player. Like now, like right now and in the future, he's definitely going to be able to be useful, but, um, his impact on the defensive end and like as like a potential tone setter, like all around on the court, it could be where his true value lies. 
Um, if his offense can come along, then his ceiling can go up even more. But he was he was like the first he was I think he was like the bona fide first option for the Badgers like last year. Um, he had a like his usage rate was like the most. He had the ball in his hands a lot. Um, his shooting numbers dead. The like his shoot his shooting numbers off ball weren't great, but shot thirty percent from he thought shot about thirty thirty one percent from deep in his last season. So I think he'll heighten that efficiency with like you know with just a little bit of grooming there. Um, he let me see what's the he's got about like he owned like a thirty eight percent clip on a smaller sample size as a bench scorer in his freshman season. So I got him probably excelling more uh, with NBA type playmakers around him like Bradley Beal and players of that such. So I think the pressure gets taken off of him, leading him to excel a little bit more. I like that pick there. And this kid, Yannick, um, automatic rim protector, I see, he's, is, is what I see when I see him. Um, he's, he's got a, he's got, what, what was that? What's that badge, Colin? That, uh, uh, the pogo stick badge. Remember that from 2K? We just get up, you get up off the ground, just get up again. This kid, I think it was, I think <laughs> who was it that? <laughs> this kid just gets up, bro. He, he's got that. His instincts are off the charts. Like, he can move. Like, he's 6'11, but he can move. Very effectively, it's very fast for a big. Like I, I, li- I like his defensive uh, attributes. I, I just like his raw defensive ability. Um, he had a down season last year, but that that that's fine. He had a growing injury, so I think he'll be fine over that. But he's only eighteen, so I think he'll be fine. I like the Wizards. I like what they did in this draft this year. All right, that ends the Wizards. But we're gonna go to the last team, the Orlando Magic, and. They did a shocker. They took Paolo, number one. Not really a shocker. It really depends. It all comes down to preference between who you ask. I was I was team Jabari for number one. I thought him and the Magic was perfect. Paolo and the Magic is just as good, in my opinion, too. Uh, and, you know, the Magic really got a history of number one picks, and they've never really had a bad number one pick. You know, Shaq, Dwight, now is Paolo the next big man? that takes the Magic and turn them into final contenders, I think he could be that guy. Mo Bamba just became an unrestricted free agent as of today uh, at the time of this recording. So it looks like the Magic don't even have any interest in Mo Bamba. And that's fine. He can slide to the Sixers too. Hey, we'll, we'll take all the talent uh, we could get. <laughs> Look <time>. at <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> so listen, if he want to slide to the Sixers, hey, Mo Bamba. Check us out, man. We we definitely got the roster for you, brother. But with that being said, uh, Paolo Banchero, what's there to say? He was the most efficient player, one of the most efficient players as a big man, 6'10 and over. I mean, this guy is, you look at a number one pick and you think of Paolo and you feel like you don't really got a problem with him being the number one pick. I mean, unless you just hate Duke. <laughs> so there's no reason why for you to hate this pick. Um, I feel like he's gonna have an all-star. He's gonna have an all-star type of career. I still think Chet, by far, down the line, is the best prospect out of those three in terms of big men. If he just puts on some more weight and the offensive just comes as naturally, like he has a type of Anthony Davis, Evan Mobley type of progression towards the offense, then we're talking about Chet being in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, could be possibly MVP, All-Star, etc. Uh, but Paolo's number one. The Magic shouldn't complain. He should be satisfied with that. Caleb Houston should have should have came back to Michigan, in my opinion. 
They, he fell out the first round, second pick in the second round. Uh, I'm not crazy about Caleb. He struggled in Michigan. I really feel like he should have came back. He really underwhelmed. He has a prototypical size and length for a wing. A good-looking shot, but he was really inconsistent. And, you know, he played more than 30 minutes a game. So there was really no excuse for him not being able to be putting up, you know, the stats or the the skills that everyone thought he had coming in as a five-star recruit. But, you know, I think the Magic picking him at the second round was a good deal. And I think they could work with his development. And Magic has a nice young uh, group of core uh, players. So I, I like the Magic. They got a bright future as well. I'm going to take it to you, Kyrie. Yeah, so I've been an advocate all along for Paolo Bencaro. Um, I felt like from the first day of, from the first day of college basketball up until draft day, I felt like Paolo Bencaro was the best player in in the draft. And um, the I said it a few episodes ago, just the talks around him dropping the number three and possibly not being better than the Chad Holgram and Jabari Jabari Smith. And again, no disrespect to those guys; those guys are very talented in their own right. But I just felt, felt like Paolo Bencaro had the complete package and the NBA size body to go along with it, along with the touch, the skill, just his overall ability as a, as a basketball player. And I, and I said it before, he reminds me a lot of like a hybrid between Blake Griffin and Cade Cunningham, guys that can just do a whole bunch of things on the floor and are, are and are very well rounded and very skilled. And um, yeah, I, they make perfect sense for the Magic. I could kind of argue not. I feel like you still need a, a good five to put next to him, and Wendell Carter isn't the answer to me. Um, and Orlando's core as a whole confuses me. Now they have a lot of guys I like, but when you look at their their guard situation, they have Jalen Suggs, who I'm a huge fan of and a huge advocate for, even though he struggled a lot his rookie season. Cole Anthony, who played, who, who played, he was decent but isn't the most efficient. Then you have Markel Fultz, who's just a complete wild card and, and came off an injury again. Played well, but that injury history is there and that inconsistency is there. So you have two point guards that are leading this team that are that are chuckers and don't shoot well from the field and are turnover, turnover prone. And throwing a guy like Jabari, uh, I'm sorry, not Jabari, the Tyler Bancaro that needs the ball to operate I just feel like it's going to be it's going to be a learning curve for all of those young guys to kind of come together and figure things out and figure out figure out how to work cohesively as a basketball team. Because you got to remember you have you got to throw you got Franz Wagner and Chumel Kiki and other young guys in there too that got that's got to get their their play. And um, I think it's I think it's just a lot for Orlando right now to handle. You 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 got the arguably the best talent in the draft with a team around him that. Like I said, it's going to take a lot of a lot of shifting and a lot of movement and a lot of just tweaking and, and, and just playing around to figure out what how this team will really operate at its best. So again, I'm, I'm happy for Paulo. I think I, I thought all along he was the best player in this draft. I think he, when it's all said and done, he will be he will be seen as the best player coming out of this draft. And um, I'm I'm happy Orlando got him. Hope he can turn it around for him. And Caleb Houston, um, what was that pick 32? I believe Colin. He, I was a huge fan of him too. Coming out of high school, had a great jump. He's got a great jump shot. Um, smooth offensive player, but it just he had a hard time transitioning that to Michigan, where the level of playing a Big Ten, not in a night out, it's just it's just dog fights. It's just all out dog fights. And um, I th- I just felt like at a lot of games that I watched him, I felt like the moment was too big for him. 
But towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the season, he started to answer to a lot of those moments. He started to hit big shots. You started you saw his confidence really starting to come. And uh, I agree with you, Colin. I feel like he should have went back for another year. It's crazy because he's another guy. When you when you when you go back to September, October, and you're looking at the mock draft, his name was in the top ten, top fifteen. And um, again, you see him fall to the second round. Decided not to go back for that second year. Thought his first year was enough. And was to get him drafted. But again, with that log jam at guard that the, that the uh, Orlando Magic have, I think it's just going to be hard for him to crack in the rotation. So overall, um, I, I got to give the I, I got to give the Orlando a B minus. All right, B minus. All right, Johnny, give me your input on the Orlando Magic and the number one pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. B plus for me, guys. Um, real quick before I get to uh, Paolo, just I, I, I agree with you, Colin, on Killer Fuse. He's nineteen. Uh, what are you rushing for? I mean, he he did shoot thirty five percent from the three point line uh, last year. I so I think that I think a lot of that came on towards the end of the season. His kick is a capable three point shooter to me, but um, I think um, he's got a chance to be an excellent wing defender first, and uh, given his lateral quickness and strength, but. Yeah, I think he he should have uh, stayed and, and polished his game a little bit more. But with the number one pick, um, Paolo Banchero out of Duke, man, guys, what is Duke sure doesn't know how to make number one players, don't they? They That's sure don't know how. They sure. What's this like? Duke the right now has one more <laughs> number one. Okay, I thought it was. I thought this officially put Duke as no. no their, it's, it's, it's like their it, fifth it, number it, one draft pick. It did. No, it's their fourth number one draft pick. But okay. Don't We'll, we'll, but we'll either way, but either way, man, do they know how to send players to the league or what? Like, or do they know how to find these guys or what, man? Hey, like, but, hey, yo, for I, real, the, the, the Duke riding here, man. Listen, okay, man. all right. <laughs> listen, man. Listen, he's a. It was, yo, Kyle, I, it was a surprise, up. though. Listen, it was a surprise, though. I'm thinking Jabari Smith is going, but they go for Paolo. All right, I, okay, and. Me personally, I'm a Jabari Smith fan. I think Paolo's gonna be the second most impactful player right now to this kid, to, to Jabari, but this kid, no, no doubt, he's, con- he's a rookie of the year contender right away. Like, he's big, strong, already got skills. Um, a little bit concerns on defense, but I don't think it's nothing serious. Um, he's, I think it's only, I think they only made a big thing of it, like it's not a kind of a thing of it because of his position. And they're expecting him to guard multiple as a forward. And I guess, it's, you know, there's a little bit more of the defensive pressure has been put on that position uh, uh, over the past few years. Um, but he's got the athletic tools to survive on that end of the floor defensively. But as far as, like, I, th- I think he'll be fine overall. So, But um, he, looked like the, I, he looked like the best freshman in college all year long, about 17 points, uh, about eight boards, and about a steal a game. I moved the ACC rookie of the year. Six ten two fifty already basketball body, um no physical concerns. That's the one thing about me that I love the most. Um, I don't know what the deal was with Chet Holmgren's health issue or physical, but this kid Paolo had no problem showcasing that he had no health problems and health issues, and I think that just not, shows not, his not maturity. Not to cut you off, Johnny, but but not to cut you off, Johnny. Because I heard, but Chet's right, no, uh, Chet Paolo was he didn't want to give it to Orlando. He didn't. And I think he didn't want to play for them. I think. I think he's one of the yeah, people. Really I heard that's what players do when they do that. Yeah. Okay. He, he just he just completely negated. He's like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to go to Orlando. 
Okay. So I'm not I'm not gonna give you I'm not gonna send you my you right. Okay, I get it. I get, and I didn't. And that's that's actually new to me. I'm like, but then I I read up on that. Like players would do that to teams that they're not particularly fond of. So, but yeah, he, he yeah, I definitely did that. I mean, shoot, when you go in that high, you you definitely got a choice to an extent. But yeah, this kid Paulo, man, he was already seen working out with with Cole Anthony. I think earlier today. So this kid's no question on his work ethic. I love I love his makeup. I love his alma mater, man. This this kid's gonna make it, bro. I, I like him. Uh, a lot of Duke, Duke energy here, man. You gotta, you gotta uh, respect but, it, Colin. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I, I, I listen, yeah, don't, don't, I, don't be jealous, Colin. Don't be jealous. I, I, I honestly like Duke now that Coach K is not there. Maybe it was Coach K. Oh my God. I think it was Coach K because I don't. I really like Duke now. Duke looks like pleasurable in my eyes now. I'm not. Maybe it was Coach K. Maybe it was Coach K. Coach K to go, respect them, love them. But that concludes episode 66 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Want to give a big thank you and shout out to the Coles, Kyrie, and Johnny. Appreciate you guys. You guys were great. Hopefully the fans think so as well. Hopefully, and also, we enjoyed recording this episode as much as you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening because we really uh, enjoy having these conversations and talks about uh, you know, these future prospects and we plan to do this every year too. So hopefully you guys tune in and stick with us for many years to come. Uh, or you can also follow us on Instagram at restricted zone pod. Uh, the link will be inside the whole description. You can follow us individually on Instagram. Our usernames will be inside the description. We are on all available streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts, whatever you name it. We're there. We're free. Don't got to charge a penny. And Android or iPhone doesn't matter. So just support us. We really appreciate it. You guys give us more motivation to push out some more episodes and content. So enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy this NBA all season. It's crazy because we're looking forward to reporting on it for you guys and talking about it. Thank you.